K-State student body. This is your men's basketball coach. Uh, I remember coming into your arena, just you guys packed in there, loud and vicious. I was terrified to walk across the court. So I need all you screaming students, every single one of you that used to yell at me, come join me. Let's cheer together. Make the octagon a place of doom. The toughest environment in college basketball, best home court advantage in America. We're going to do it together. Jerome Tang is the new head coach of Kansas State University. It's official, John. There were lots of reports uh, from Kellis and DY Sunday night, but it's official today. Six-year contract, $2.1 million, $100,000 increasing each year. But, John, I'm going to go right to you with this. Has K-State Twitter ever been this positive or unified ever? I would say... It's probably been the most unified since uh, the revival of the um, Bill Snyder coming back in 2009, possibly, like uh, once, uh, once uh, Ron Prince got out of the way. But he's just the type of guy that just kind of fits what case, well, a lot of K-State fans have been uh, wanting for a long time. He brings the excitement. He knows a lot about recruiting. He's been in the Big 12, knows everything uh, about the atmospheres and how he's able to to handle all these type of situations. And I think at the end, it, it's, a, it's a home run hire. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, if you don't know, Jerome Tang was spent the last almost 20 years alongside Scott Druitt Baylor, obviously won a national championship there. Um, he was also their, I think he was their head recruiter as well, which is another thing I think that people don't talk about enough oh, yeah. with him is just the ability to recruit in that pipeline to Texas. I mean, we've seen the type of people that come to Baylor and just absolutely destroy us, especially their bigs. I mean, we've been talking about the lack of big production the last ever at K-State. And I mean, to have, you know, when you see Jonathan Chamachacho and Flo Thamba there, we'll take, we take either one of those guys any day. Are they going to come to K-State? Maybe not. But I mean, I mean, John, this is, I think this is just an absolute home run. Basically. I don't think you really could have asked for much more. And I think something else to mention, John, he's the first uh, black, men's basketball coach to coach at K-State, which I think is really cool as well. But I mean, John, if you look at the big picture, I mean, today, Matt McMahon just went over to LSU. I mean, I think if you look at some of the other openings that were had and how they were filled, I think K-State really got the best of it, this uh, coaching cycle. And I think one of the things you got to put into consideration was that Jerome Tang passed over some of these other, some of these other schools for, K- for a school like K-State. Typically, that never really happens. I mean, you you look at some of these programs that have new head coaches with Maryland, uh, Missouri, Florida, LSU, Louisville. You can make the argument that they that they can get that they can get more of the type of guy that but school like K State wouldn't want to go for. But this this was a big hire. I mean, you, you're looking at a you're looking at a guy who 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 you said he knows how to recruit a lot of players. Uh, he, he's played a big factor when it, when it comes to landing these, uh, these players into Baylor, such as Isaiah Austin, Keontae George, Quincy Miller, Perry Jones, Kendall Brown, Adam, Adam Flagler out of a transfer portal. Uh, he, has, he has the eye for talent, understands the game, and knows how to motivate the type of players that he's able to bring in. He obviously brings a lot of energy, of course, from that video we saw he addressed to the student section, which I mean, oh, just I think I fell in love, John. I think I fell in love. Oh, my gosh, dude. I, 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 
I grabbed my nitroglycerin pills while running through a big brick wall. That is. <laughs> that video. I think I nailed. I don't think I need auto tune. Oh man, that was. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe that there's a clip of that. That we're, that we're, was... we're recording Jerome Tang, and there's a clip of Jimmy Fallon seeing Jerome Tang super like T Pain. Oh my gosh! Like it's just too good. Oh, but like, man. I'm, Twitter's just been flooded with positivity. I think everybody really loves this guy. And of course, K-State is going to, you know, plug a fine season tickets right away. But I mean, it's kind of been an interesting cycle, John. It was a little over a week. I think obviously those first few days, everybody was on the Brad train. But Mm -hmm. I think as people kind of, you know, time went on, people got more perspective and how much Brad's buyout would be and how much we'd have to pay him. And then you look at a guy like Jerome Tang and what he offers, I think really, I mean, by the time I think like this past Friday came around, I think most of K-State Twitter was pretty much like, if we can get Tang, we should just get him right now. We don't need to wait for Brad. Yeah, I mean, you you, you put it right there. I mean, I, I'd go for Tang probably more so than Brad, uh, just from my perspective. I, I understand that Brad Underwood, he's loved K-State for, for a lot of his career, but uh, at the end, and that is his dream job, possibly. But at the end of the day, the money talks, and he just decided to turn down the offer, uh, continue uh, to coach for the Illini. Uh, I think part of part of the reason why uh, K State fans are starting to grow more uh, on Tang is just with some of the inner struggles Illinois had a little bit uh, throughout the past few games, and uh, maybe just under turn under postseason play under Brad Underwood, in which K State. Um, I'm pretty sure one of their goals was to just get a guy who can, who has more potential and not experience. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at the upside with Jerome Tang, who's only 55, which in coaching isn't, you know, super duper old, mm-hmm. but I think, I think the sky is really the limit, especially when you consider some of the, you know, if you can like put it back to what this team can do next year with the talent we have, I mean, John, we saw, based on how the all big 12 ballots came around, this team is obviously very talented. And you look at the top five in every category in the big 12. I mean, this team obviously has the talent. We didn't quite catch the breaks. And I think, you know, a new coach will bring the energy. And I think he's got the skill set to really take this team, you know, pretty high, how high, I mean, you know, are we going to win the national championship? It kind of feels like it, but um, I think in a few weeks that will, that will pass and we'll kind of snap back to reality. But I mean, John, it's, it's, it's a great time to be a K-State fan right now. And it's, it's been uh, Gene Taylor. We have to give credit to him for absolutely nailing it as well. It's just, I could not think of a, a more exciting time uh, as a K-State basketball fan for a while now, uh, probably dating back uh, since the big 12 championship um, won, won uh, under coach Weber, but you mentioned it, man. The fans are uniting. What the fans are uniting. They're not divided. Um, they're, they're looking at a lot of possibilities too. Uh, the players are getting behind it with the likes of Marquise Noel. He was fired up about it. Uh, you saw Ish Masu, Nigel Pack putting some putting some stuff about Jerome Tang as well. It just seems like a guy that everybody can get behind. And even the Baylor fans are going to miss him, but they were thrilled. Uh, that he's going to get his opportunity uh, as the next man up for a power five school. Yeah. David K of Baylor, the assistant AD for communications. Uh, he retweeted, or excuse me, he tweeted something out giving a few notes on 
um, you know, his time with Jerome Tang, which uh, Shake and Blake 312, if you want to follow us, I did retweet it. So, I mean, it's definitely worth a read. He seems like just an all around, really amazing guy. Um, but back to a point you made, John, talking about, you know, Nigel Peck, you know, one of the worries that we had was that if we fired Bruce or, you know, he resigned or mutually parted ways or whatever, that, you know, we would get all these guys to transfer and, you know, the program would just like crumble within itself before we could even hire a coach. But obviously you had that one video that was voiced by Nigel Pack. They all seem to be, I mean, I can't see why you wouldn't get it behind a guy like Jerome Tang. So it seems like everybody's here sticking for the long haul. And if you look at teams like Texas Tech and you look at teams like Iowa State and how many transfer guys they brought in and what they were able to do. And then you combine in the fact we've put people have been talking a lot about the three big assistants that we've seen have a bunch of success, Hubert Davis at North Carolina, Tommy Lloyd over at Arizona. And then, um, oh my gosh, I, I can always get two, but I blank on the third one. Oh, of course. Oh, Herbert Davis. Hu- yeah, I, North Carolina, Arizona. Who's the other one? Oh, oh, oh. Got Mark Adams. Mark Adams at Tech. Yeah, I was just saying Texas Tech. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Mark Adams at Texas Tech. And then obviously what Otzelberger is able to do, hitting the transfer portal and getting a bunch of guys like that, I think that really raises the bar for this team in 2022-23 as well. And I I think part of it as well is just knowing with what what a school like Iowa State is able to do and probably one of our worst years going 2-22, and that doesn't mean that you cannot count them out as a potential contender uh, with a new coach. DJ Altsberger has done a great job landing the guys that he that he was uh, looking to uh, build for a program. Uh, and now we're and now we'll have to see if Jerome Tang is ready to put that to the test here in Manhattan. Yeah, and I mean, I think when you consider if it wasn't Tang, it wasn't Brad, and you go down to kind of that next tier, um, I think kind one of, of the. Ri- it just kind of seemed like there was like there it was just like a kind of a tier like yeah kind of off. I I mean you could probably argue for pop for like a Chris Jans, but there but there were some flaws and which um, K State fans would probably question or criticize a little bit. I don't think there's a whole lot of K State fans criticizing or questioning, uh, but the decision when it came to Jerome Tang, or to a lesser extent now Brad Underwood, if that was the case. Yeah. I mean, some of that is he's obviously been an assistant to Scott Drew. We've kind of been hiding in the shadows, you might say. So, and obviously Baylor's just had a ton of success. So, I well, mean, this level of – yeah, go ahead. Let's not forget, we're up a past 19 – well, he, he's he been with Scott Drew from a start. Um, back uh, 19 years ago, Scott Drew and Jerome Tang, they were pretty much the lead barriers that um, took Baylor to their new heights after – um, a lot of scandals back in the past uh, uh, involved with their basketball program. Uh, those two, those two guys—they—they just—they've done a great—they've done a great thing, for, great job for Baylor, uh, making them NCAA title contenders now. Uh, back when, back in the early days of Bruce Weber or Frank Martin, uh, Baylor was also just more of an NCAA tournament team, but. Uh, you're seeing a team like Baylor reach into new heights um, and seeing that you bear as an assistant that's able to just know the system overall and knowing what it's like competing in the big 12. I, I think this is going to be one that's going to, uh, that's going to work for K-State. Yeah. I think one thing that gave K-State a real edge in the, um, the process of trying to get him was the fact that he, um, 
you know, he'd played at K-State before for, you know, 19 years in those, you know, those good years in the late 2000s, early 2010s, you know, he knew what the Octagon of Doom was capable of when, you know, you have 13-5 in there and the fans are really passionate about what they're, you know, what they're watching. And put, and put this into consideration as well. You, you Back to what I said about um, Jerome Tang skipping out on some of the other schools. He would probably be switching into another system if he went to, let's say, a Pac-12 or an ACC uh, or an SCC type of school. Uh, there would just not be a whole lot of connections there um, uh, for, for Jerome Tang uh, compared to a, what is now a Big 12 school and what is probably the best conference in the Big 12. So you're looking at it as more of a golden opportunity to give yourself presence uh, in the college basketball world by being in the best college basketball conference, knowing that there's a lot of familiar areas when it comes to just uh, uh, looking into the atmospheres, uh, recruiting around. I know he's big uh, into recruiting when it comes to Texas and Louisiana. So I'm sure he's going to go pretty hard on that, uh, which he's also gotten a lot of players. I think Kendall Brown came from Wichita, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So the, the potential is there. Uh, we just got to see what happens from there. Yeah, that's what really gave him edge over those like mid-major head coaches is the fact that he's really got a strong recruiting pedigree in those Texas, Kansas, you know, uh, surrounding areas where K-State's going to do the majority of their work. I mean, I want to go ahead and mention, you know, you mentioned all the scandals that, you know, when Scott Drew and Jerome Tang came into Baylor. I mean, they started off their first four years like really bad. I mean, they didn't have more than four wins in conference play. They were only in double-digit wins one of their first four years. But after that, I mean, it's like it's almost fitting that you get a guy like Tang to come to K-State because he's – I mean, this Baylor turnaround is one of the biggest turnarounds in basketball history. I mean, you know, after four years, they're making the NCAA tournament, and pretty much after that, they're, you know, they're 20 wins every single year. And then recruiting like monsters. I mean, three Sweet 16s, I believe, two Elite Eights and a national championship. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I was just going to say the national championship part, that's going to speak loud compared to uh, the rest of the candidates. I mean, even Brad Underwood, he's he's been one of the more known co uh, coaches around the conference, but Jerome, oh, across the carousel, but Jerome Tang, he knows what it's like to be in a national championship type of setting, a conference championship type of setting. If there's if if he wasn't the choice for K State, I don't know if there was anybody else that could probably take in K State to potentially that heights. I mean, I'm not count not putting disrespect to them, but it but it, they don't really have the championship pedigree compared to what Jerome Tang and Scott Drew have built at Baylor. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was an assistant coach for a long time, upgraded to associate coach, I believe in I want to say 2016. But, I mean, you look at the record their last three years, I mean, it's absolutely insane. And, I mean, that's with Jerome Tang right there beside um, Scott Drew. I mean, he's really just, you know, can't say enough good things about him. It's it's really early on. There's going to be a press conference on Thursday. I want to say 1230. They're going to stream it on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. Um, he'll address the public. Um, we'll probably get some clips and throw them on our show on Friday, John. Um, so I think that'll be a lot of fun to talk about, get to, you know, see what he thinks of K-State, John. Um, that's, I mean, that's going to be a good time. Is, uh, is there anything else you want to say? I'm sure there's other stuff we could hit on. There's just uh, it's so it's much a, going through my it's head. A, it's a lot of stuff, but I think this is the guy, This is the type of guy that's he, – he's not only ready, but he's ready to do it in one of the more 
professional ways to say he's more he's more mature he looks ready for this he's excited he's getting the fans excited especially with the video that came out earlier uh, I'm a K-State student Twitter um, there's some audio stuff coming out as well he's gotten the players more excited as well I mean it's it's pretty much been a win-win uh, for both sides for, for both K-State and uh, Jerome Tang yeah, he signed for six years once again. Two point one million goes all the way up to two point eight million or two point six million in 2027-28. The first black head coach to coach men's basketball at K State. Again, spent nineteen years at Baylor under Scott Drew, a national champion assist associate head coach. And uh, I mean, I can't wait to see what he does. It's, uh, I mean, John, football season can't come soon enough, obviously, but I think this basketball season is going to be one of the more exciting ones we've had in a really long, not in a really long time, but in a few years. I mean, no, no, no disrespect to baseball, though. We'll get to them <laughs> uh, here in a second, but I mean, like, can next season come in already? I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling really good about the K-State football defense, uh, seeing what Adrian Martinez can do uh, uh, under the K-State offense, Colin Klein with all of his options. And then basketball just comes back. You get to see Nigel Peck, Marquise Noel, uh, they, those guys just bowing out while you got Jerome Tang yelling from the sidelines, seeing it packed. This is, this is a difference, too. It just seems like there's more excitement with uh, to come. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of students buying ICAP purchases already for next year. Uh, there's already uh, fans in general just buying uh, tickets for for the next basketball season. It's just I'm just really excited, Blake. It, it, yeah. It's 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 starting to look like a golden opportunity for K State fans. Yeah, I mean, once again, you got to give credit to Gene Taylor. I believe he reached reached out to Brad Underwood twice and just to his agent at least and just laid out like a um at least what a contract would look like. He turned it down both times. He moved right over to Tang. I believe I want to say uh, John Kurtz said he, he, he like that he uh, got offers from like five other Power Five conference schools. And I know Gene Taylor said K State was the only one he talked with. So I mean. That speaks to the prestige of the school and the draw that it has. I mean, especially some of these SEC schools. I mean, come on, John. There's, there's, I mean, they're the, nowhere the, close. The to rest of the SEC, the, the rest of the SEC. I mean, John Calperi might be uh, finding a new job here pretty soon. As well. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Now it's just St. Peter's was the better team, John. I mean, they're in the Sweet Sixteen. Well, we'll save that oh, discussion okay. until we get to March Madness. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, overall, it's just yeah. it's just something that that we haven't seen throughout the past few years. I mean, Chris Kleiman coming in that that's gotten that's gotten a few K State fans excited because and and well, it was kind of more a little bit shaky because yeah, people didn't I mean, know what was what how they were gonna how uh how Chris Kleiman was gonna do taking over for Bell Snyder. I think it's kind of different. Uh, with this one because everybody just already seems on board. I mean, I'm on board. You're probably, you're most expecting. Oh, I, I am board. on board. It's uh, dude. I, I cannot say this enough. I just, my brain is going to go absolutely crazy with sheer adrenaline. Uh, it's the hype is real. The, the, when, the hype when, is real already for yeah, this team. When Mitch Fortner has to go and, and head coach by, or I don't know how he says it and coach by, Jerome Tang, the crowd just goes crazy. Well, I think, I think also you're going to have to question this, Blake. Who are I yeah. think if 
you're, you're going to have to also look at um, who Jerome Tang goes after in terms of his assistance as well, because vote, because like Scott Drew has built at Baylor, none of that would have been possible with a guy like Jerome Tang. I think, I think I've heard a few rumors here and there outside. I think K-State's looking at uh, Sunrise Christian Academy's head coach, uh, potentially to be as the top assistant so far. Uh, I, I think I think Shane Southwell has to be kept on on the on the staff. He is he is the the most K State type of type of guy there is. He just he he's also one of those type of guys that that's just really passionate out there on the court. Uh, I think you got to keep him as well. Uh, I don't know. You, you have any any you have any thoughts about I, that? I mean, I know there was some thoughts that maybe we could also take Alan Brooks, who's an assistant at Baylor, with us but he just posted something on Twitter talking about how he's going to miss him and stuff. So it doesn't really seem like he's going to join Tang at K state. So yeah, we'll just have to, it's kind of just a wait and see thing to see how he fills out his uh, assistant staff. But um, I mean, do you have any other thoughts besides, I mean, like I'm getting goosebumps, just like, I'm getting, getting, Oh my gosh. I'm getting goosebumps. Sorry. Sorry to hijink uh, you as a host. I was just wondering. (laughs) No, no, that's (laughs) no, it worked out just fine. So, I mean, I think with that, we can, um, try to you know put our excitement to rest for now and we'll uh, take a quick break and then hit on uh, women's basketball in the big dance as well as baseball on an eight game winning streak yeah that's a great way to kick off part two yeah that well you know what we're just kicking off part two like this okay john well women's Wait. basketball baseball <laughs> um we're back follow us on twitter at shake and blake 312 uh we're here to talk about women's basketball john um, I don't know how much I really have to say. I mean, obviously, we kind of just got whooped by NC State. They were just the better team. They shot it really well, too, which kind of sucked. You know, they're playing on their home floor. But, I mean, I think this can kind of just serve as the general season recap. I mean, I think Brian Smoller put it best when they beat Washington State. They're a year ahead. I mean, they. I don't think this team was really supposed to make the tournament and win a game and almost, you know, knock off some top teams in the Big 12. But they still did it. I think they went above expectations. Obviously, you know, the three freshmen were just kind of, I think they kind of came out of left field and really, you know, they were a key, they were, they're some of the best players on this team and they were a key factor to this team's success. And I mean, to get 20 wins, you know, get to the second round of the tournament, be on ESPN. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? And to have, and to have like some of that fresh youth experience, kind of a pretty much avoiding the rough rough season Jeff Minnie and his crew had last year. You're getting in new faces that made a lot of noise. Um they they've they've had a fantastic they had a fantastic rebound uh this season. Um with the amount of history uh with the amount of uh history records broken uh and everything else, some of the bigger wins in K-State women's basketball history. It was a great season. Just to, just gonna uh get it done. North Carolina State is, is May, may, they might be the best team in the country, but the way they played today, they were shooting lights out. North Carolina State, Camley Hobby had 18 points. Diamond Johnson, as well as Rihanna Perez, uh, they, they both had 15. This is a veteran North Carolina State team from, from what I've noticed. They're going to they're gonna be something special in the big dance. They've also done a, they also did a great job uh, limiting Ayoka Lee as well. She had 12 points. Um, but North Carolina State, they had they had uh, two defenders uh, at her for for the majority of times. Uh, 
it was it was more of a complete game for North for North Carolina State. Uh, also, Serena Sandell uh, finished the season off on a high note: seventeen points, uh, six of four from field goals, uh, three three pointers. Uh, she had a great game as well. So uh, it was a it was a rough way to go out. I mean, granted, you don't want to. It, it's kind of it's brutal losing to NC State twice on the road, one of which to end your season. Um, but the future is bright. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, excitement with with some of the players coming back. Uh, a strong recruiting class that Jeff Mitty's bringing in as well. I think there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, there there really is. I mean, there are a number of remarkable things to happen throughout the season. I mean, you break an 18 year losing streak to Baylor. You beat Baylor for the first time since 2004. Obviously, that was a huge mark. Obviously, the Oklahoma game, Aokalee's record-breaking 61-point game, that was just, I mean, you know, one of the most exciting things of the entire mm-hmm. year. I mean, oh, you come so close to beating Iowa State, which really sucks. You, you know, make te- Texas play their best basketball in the Big 12 tournament. Um, you know, when those initial uh, seed rankings came out, you know, get K-State in the top 16. Uh, the team that, yeah, but, and you also beat an Oregon team early on in uh, conference playing, which – while they were kind of struggling at the time, they finished as a five seed in the tournament as well. I, I think I think this team can go really far with some of the products. I think maybe maybe just a few more. Uh, they, they need to break some of their offensive strategies a little bit because I've noticed in some of the some of few games um, that we covered, um, there was a few there was a few um, uh, there was a few uh, moments where K State couldn't. Uh, uh, by a basket. It just looked like there was a lot of teams taking advantage of the guards uh, and Ayoko Lee. Just didn't work out that way, but it was nonetheless. K State uh, dig uh, dove deep uh, into postseason play uh, after after a tough stretch to end a, to finish conference play and got things together. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the way K State would have wanted to end the regular season, but they bounced back. Uh, and they made they made sure that they they made they, they made themselves present in the NCAA tournament uh, with with a strong with a pretty strong roster and uh, someone some and a player like Ayoko Lee who's done a lot uh, a lot to get many people's attention. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the team's best basketball was early on in the season. But I mean, if you could talk a little bit about the Washington State game, I think we showed a lot of grit. I mean, we did. This was not a good basketball game on any part, really. I mean, you start one of twelve from the field in in this first game against Washington State in the first quarter. I mean, could not buy a bucket. It was just, it was really brutal. But I mean, be able to turn it around, have a great third quarter defensively as well. You can turn, uh, you know, Charlize Ledger Walker was pretty much Washington State's entire team. For the most part, I think they like those sisters had like 23 of their first 29 points or something. I mean, they were really doing it all for them, but to just be able to have a grinded out win in the NCAA tournament, when you know, when you're away from your home floor, I think it really means a lot, John. I just really hope we can get to that. I don't know if we'll ever get back to that basketball we played at the beginning of the season, because, you know, everybody's just going to have Aoka Lee's number now and double in the paint, which has made Serena Sundell's production, um, you know, even more important, you know, get more from the Glenn twins. I mean, I, yeah, I don't really know what else to say, John. I think the few, you know their best basketball is still yet to come. Can't wait to see what they do next and, season. And I think, and I think, yeah, and I think, what was it? Saturday they played NC uh, Washington State, right? I yeah. think 
having a player like Briley Glenn show up and play some pretty big uh, and, and get some pretty big numbers for them, that came pretty crucial. I mean, we've seen Serena Sun, uh, Serena Sundell for the most part. Washington State was getting all over her, um, particularly in the first half. I believe she went over two on field goals, um, one of which was not a good look at all. Washington State was just – they were all over her. Uh, and then just the way K-State responded after being down by, I believe, as many as 11 to come back in the game, it, it, it was a – it it was definitely uh, a change in the locker room, if I'm if I'm gonna have to say, but um, n- nonetheless, it was a great way to get get the win, especially over uh, what was uh, former K State staff who who pretty who knew K State pretty well um, uh, for a long time, uh, and just kind of, and just solidifying the second round uh, that. Then that comes to show you that this team is uh, they 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 cross their they cross probably their their um, goal they wanted to reach for this year and who knows what'll happen next year. Yeah, I mean you know, yeah, who knows what'll happen next year? But I'm really excited to see it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of good basketball on the way for us, John. We really are lucky. I think with that we can go ahead and move on to baseball, John. And um, I mean eight in a row for the Cats. Oh man, we um, are. Scorching, yeah. K State baseball, they they've really gotten it together. I know it's not been the best uh, best competition when you talk about the likes of Moorhead State, Central Connecticut State, uh, Nebraska, Omaha. Um, but this team, but think about this: K State started the year zero and five, zero and five with some tough losses. Some of it should have gotten away with wins. Um, some of which were just really good teams. Uh, you need these type of opponents to to get yourself back into the swing of things, uh, especially with conference play coming up. So great to see K State baseball uh, um, back 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 uh, uh, getting getting more wins, uh, preparing for himself, preparing themselves uh, for conference play, uh, and uh, showing a better record than what well, many people assumed what what, what could happen. Uh, uh, things were, continue to ha- go down south since Bakersfield. Yeah, I mean, I think the game really worth talking about, John, is the most recent one that happened on Sunday where, you know, you get down early three to nothing and, you know, you slowly, you know, show some grit, get a few runs on. They left a run, lot of runners on base early on, John, in those first few innings. Um, they had some chances to score. Um, they got, you know, one run to score on a sack fly, but I think they really could have gotten more. They left some runs on the table. But you get a few uh, big home runs from Belletier, who comes in, pinch hits, hits a home run, and then uh, Nikolov in the seventh inning, you know, which gives the Cats the seven to five lead. You know, it gets a little hairy there in the ninth, John. But I mean, I I do want to say, you know, it's great to get the win. But of course, we come in Sunday, and our boss tells us that the run rule is in effect for this game. And of course, it's you know, it's a it's this is the game that's a really close one. But you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? A win's a win. I think part of that as well in terms of the uh, what was it the runner runner rule you said? Oh, the run rule, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think for for the Sunday type of game is when the when the series set when the series is already set in stone for one of the teams, uh, they'll probably play one probably one of more one of their more younger lineups, and we we saw that a little bit with Christian Rubik had a little bit of a rough day uh, when it came to pitching. Uh, 
gave up three runs. Not not really, uh, just kind of a rough outing for him, but uh, Griffith Passel really got, got things together when K-State needed him most. Um, Tyler Rule as well. Uh, he may have given up two runs, but at the end, um, Griffith Passel really came into play defensively for the Cats. Uh, and in terms of in terms of the offense, um, I think for the entire season right now, I mean, we got to mention Dominic Johnson. Dominic Johnson, he's he's. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Johnson, he came away with uh, two uh, two hits. Uh, second base uh he he's he's done a lot of work when it comes to that production for k-state i I think i think the player of the day you'll probably have to consider uh is probably josh nickloff who had who pretty much uh sealed the deal for k-state uh when it came to coming back uh with the three runs in the seventh inning i believe uh he need uh k-state needed all all those runs to to put the cats uh to give the cats a sweep uh and you talk about defense as uh defense back to the defensive performance as well uh when things started look a little hairy at the end for Moorhead state he had full bases loaded um a fly uh, a fly by over to the to right to right field uh i think dylan phillips was right was over there made a tremendous catch uh won the game there was just a lot of great contrib great contributors around for the cats yeah, I mean, I think it says a lot about this team. Obviously, it's fun to win 15 to 2 and 10 to 2 and stuff, but I think, you know, you show a lot more, you know, as a team when you get down and you're able to make the comeback. You should have some really clutch pitching early on the start. Both starters only made it three innings, so they had to rely a lot on their relief. You also have Tyler Rule and uh, Griffin Hassel. But I mean, it was a really big win, you know, to get the sweep, continue that momentum. They play Air Force Tuesday and Wednesday, and then you're at TCU, so, which is really where the test begins. Really, the te- really the bigger one of the bigger tests. TCU's in the top twenty-five. Uh, historically, though, K State ha- has gotten their number. I but they played six times last year. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a different K State team this year. So we'll see how they'll be able to respond uh, down in Fort Worth. Yeah, I mean, I think with that we can go ahead and wrap it up on baseball. I just have one thing to add. Scott Drew is going to speak to the media tomorrow about uh, Jerome Tang's hiring at K-State. So I think that'll be fun to hear. See what he has to say. Obviously worked with him for 20 years. I'm sure he's sad to see him go, but, you know, he's off to greener pastures and to come, uh, you know, whoop their butt every year. That's right. That's right. Cats by 90, as always, John. Well, Well, we got to save that for the end of the show. What are you doing? You always can get a Cats by 90, and no matter what time of day it is. That's that that's you. I, I I'm I'm the one that uh, puts it in for the uh, uh, for the best parts, which is the okay. end. You always save the best for last. Well, with that, that's we'll wrap it up on the K State talk, and we'll go ahead and recap March Madness after a quick break. All right, John, and we're back. Um, I know you you you're trying to throw a party uh, up in your wherever you are in your attic, but um. I know you had to, you know, tell those people they're like, oh my God, like I can't throw a party on a Monday night. It's a Monday night, it's raining. I mean, I was excited about I was a <laughs> I, I was elastic about your own tang. I just decided to throw a party a while while during the show. Yeah. Now, now honestly we're have to, now we're gonna have to discuss about my sad looking bracket. Like, yeah. It, well, I mean, do you it's, it's collapsed. Do you have the points pulled up for the bracket? 
just as a reminder for the people, if you want to check it out on Twitter at Shake and Blake 312, we uh, put brackets to go against each other. The loser has to eat uh, Carolina Reaper from my stepmom's, uh, not farm, but like a garden. And uh, I haven't had one before. Uh, my dad has. Um, he looked pretty funny doing it. So you have 390. Oh my gosh, I got 400. Oh shoot! Okay, just kidding. Man. I got 340. I just wanted to. I, I just 340. Wanted to, yeah, I got 340. So I have 390. You have 340. I, I, don't, okay. I don't see how anything else is going to work. You had UCLA going to the Final Four, right? Yeah, I've used. I do UCLA Auburn. Auburn, who's out now? Gonzaga, um, Arizona. I, please, oh man, I, UCLA better. I, who who does who does UCLA play? They, UNC. They play UNC. All right, which a, I mean, I'm a Tar Heel fan. <laughs> I mean, John, fan. when we look at the bracket, I think we should hit on the thing that really stands up to stands out to you know us K State fans is the fact that KU those oh lucky SOBs they've done it again. They've got the Let's easiest stop. route to the Final Four. It's I can't remember an easier path to the final four. You have a Providence team who's one of the lowest rated four, probably the lowest rated four seen in net and Ken Palm here. They had an 18% chance to make the sweet 16 anyway. I, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know what they can do against KU. And then on the other side, the winner, you know, if KU were to beat Providence and go to the elite eight, they're playing Iowa state in Miami. I mean, I like KU's chances against Iowa state. They've seen them before. But, you know, go against two double-digit seeds instead of going against, you know, Auburn or Wisconsin or anything, or even a better two or three seed there. So, I mean, they really have no excuse not to get to the Final Four, John. Obviously, they're going to have a tough matchup when they get there, no matter who's on in this uh, – what region is this? The, uh, this is the Midwest, over in Chicago. Yeah, but, the, yeah, the South um, region above them that they would hypothetically face in the Final Four – with an Arizona, a Houston, or a Villanova, those are some pretty tough teams. And, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, KU's got an easy path to the Final Four, and you got to feel for you know the Tang Gang over at Baylor. For you know, we can go ahead and talk about that Baylor North Carolina game. One of the, I mean, probably one of the craziest games ever. I mean, I text you when they're up twenty-five, right before Brady Manic gets ejected, that I'm like a prophet that I predicted North Carolina to beat Baylor. And I may, I, I may have cursed North Carolina because Baylor goes on a 38 to 13 run in like 11 minutes and it's just pure chaos and it goes to overtime and things are not looking good, but somehow momentum just, I don't know. Does momentum exist? I, I'm not sure after think, this game. I think overtime is really when North Carolina got, got, got the shindig going. They got yeah. found a lot of open shots Baylor was just not getting what getting anywhere uh, near the paint, which is one of the, one of their major strengths. Um, but they, it was not easy doing it against North Carolina. And man, they they did they've been on a tear lately, beating the likes of Duke in uh, Coach K's final game in Durham. They've been they had a pretty good streak in the ACC tournament. Uh, beating Baylor, they've done it. They, been on a roll lately. I kind of regret. Uh, I kind of regret picking Baylor, but a huge win for the Tar Heels. Back to the Midwest. Sec- back to the Midwest region. Here, here's a little bit of an interesting stat. The last time Iowa State went to the Sweet 16, there was a one seed, a four seed, a ten seed, and eleven seed. 
just exactly like the Midwest region. It, it's pretty, it's pretty iconic, but the NCAA just come on y'all. The committee just really gave Kansas the light work. They, they gave Baylor a double-sided sword of a, of a, of a region. Yeah. I mean, there were a bunch of great teams in that region, but um, I mean, most of them are pretty much gone. North Carolina's playing UCLA over in this East region. And then, I mean, if we can move down, John, um, we got uh, Purdue, Texas, which I didn't get a watch, but I looked at the stats and saw the number of fouls and the number of free throws Purdue shot. And I was like, oh, no wonder they won the game. They were like, they shot like 46 free throws. <laughs> like, it looked I mean, like, of course you're going to win the game. It looked like Texas was was going to be competing, uh, competing fairly well with Purdue um, throughout the first half. Um half of the second half i'd probably say but a lot of the foul troubles just got to texas late and it was a big win for purdue now they get to face america's darlings in st peter's all hail the peacocks the peacocks. i mean they were really in control of that murray state game the whole way they really had it going on they looked like a real contender i mean they who knows yeah. how they'll do against purdue but obviously i mean you know, they're, yeah, they're in the hearts and minds of all of all March Madness fans right now, rooting them for them there on the 25th at seven o'clock. I mean, uh, what else do we need to hit on, John? I think this Arizona-Houston game in the South region, that is going to be a really, really good game. I mean, Houston well, I is like their top five in Ken Palm. They're a really solid team analytically. And Arizona, they've just been, I'm, I have a win. We both have a win in the Natty for a reason. Yeah, I, Houston. Houston impressed me a lot. Yet uh, impressed me a lot yesterday. Uh, they they showed up to play um, when it looked like uh, the adversity was going to hit them late. Uh, they just just punched Illinois uh, uh, up with the uppercuts and all that. Uh, just getting really inside the paint uh, um, and making the right right amount of plays. Calvin Sampson has done a great job with his Houston basketball program. I am going to be terrified when they join the Big 12. But nonetheless, they just have the key shooters. It's, it's, they don't really have the individuals, but it's more of a team effort. But I've noticed uh, from Houston uh, that's able to get the job done. The Arizona-TCU game was entertaining, Blake. I know you didn't, you didn't uh, watch through the whole entire game, but uh, it was it was absolute chaos. TCU was neck and neck with Arizona. We had an opportunity to win the game, uh, but I think one of the more controversial calls is you can't is um, the foul that was around half court leading to almost an Arizona dunk, which would have won them the game, but uh, evidently uh, put them into overtime instead. But. Uh, it, it was a close game. I think, TC, I think in that situation, TCU really missed out on their offensive opportunity uh, to get on Arizona. And at the end, Arizona's uh, big men and just they just ravaged TC. Uh, what was looking to be a little bit more of a tired TCU team, but the Frogs, the Frogs gave him one hell of a fight. Yeah, uh, I mean, while we've got this bracket pu pulled up, um, if you had to redo your final four, from here, from the Sweet 16, I mean, obviously, obviously, you change your bottom half a little bit. Do you keep your top half the same? Just Gonzaga, Arizona, still. I'm not sold on Gonzaga, and it's more yeah. of the slow starts. Uh, but I'm starting to witness from Mark's from from Mark Few's crew. Uh, um, they got they got Timmy Allen. They got um, uh, what's what's that player's name? Chad uh, Holmgren. 
Chad Holmgren, thank you. Uh, Chip Holmgren uh, looked like they um, looked like they were going to take um, some of the teams like Georgia State and Memphis uh, to the curb, but it, it started off, uh, Memphis started off really hot. Um, but one of the things I did want to touch on as well, Penny Hardaway's got to be one of the dumbest coaches uh, in March Madness. He notices that Memphis is exhausted and Gonzaga's starting to come back. He doesn't call a timeout. He's just like, he's just like, play ball, like play ball. And he, he's just standing still, not, nothing's happening. And Gonzaga just, uh, just started to heat up at the right time uh, in order to win the game. Uh, they got an Arkansas team that's just, dude, all around, they're just physical. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think that one might be one of the more exciting uh, exciting games when it comes to March Madness for sure. Uh, and then let's see what else you got Texas Tech and Duke as well. Like I don't know about you, but I think this is Coach K's final game. Really? I you think have, I you think have Texas Tech. I think, I think Texas Tech's going to pull it off. Uh, I think Texas Tech's going to pull it off. They've been playing real hot lately. Uh, O'Bannon starting to uh, uh, heat up during uh, during the final few um, during the final few games of his career, uh, and just really well. First, they took Montana State to the woodshed, uh, and then they beat up a, a pretty feisty Notre Dame team. Uh, who, uh, to their to their credit, they were playing their butts off uh, compared to anybody in March. So, um, but this this is going to be a big one, and we'll we'll just have to see what happens. If I have to redo my final four at this point, I would probably go, oh, I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise. I'm going to go with Arkansas in the West. I think Houston, maybe Houston. <laughs> okay. Houston, what, what re, oh, Houston's, Houston's in the South, right? Yeah, yeah they got to um, play Arizona. And San Antonio. That's a home court advantage for Houston. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Houston, I think I, I might have to go with Houston at this point. The East region is just not fair. It's just not fair. But I'm going to go with Providence uh, just because I hate KU. Oh, the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody <laughs> oh wants God. to see KU or Iowa State in the final four. I mean, as a K-State fan, that would just – now just drain my sorrows. Uh, but, <laughs> Providence out of pure spite, like you're zero, just zero brain, just all heart. That's right. <laughs> okay, what about the East region? The bananas East region with no one or two seed left. Boy, oh man. That's a tough one. I mean, UNC kind of looks like that 2014 North Kentucky Carolina, team. Yeah, I was going to say. They, they the Wiggins mean, twins and that beat Wichita one, State, beat KU, uh, K-State. Yeah, I think I think that I think some of the UConn teams in the past, led by Kevin Ollie, uh, they uh, you could you can compare them to to that uh, to that Husky team. Um, I think North Carolina is looking really, really hot. I think uh, in terms of like who has more of a size advantage, you're gonna have to give that to Purdue. Uh, they got a lot of big guys. J- uh, Ivy's just playing lights up of the Boilermakers. Um, he's going to, he's going to want to go to the final four more than anybody on the team. Uh, I don't know, not, not really riding on the UCLA hype train. Uh, they, they did get a good one over St. Mary's. Um, we'll see yeah, what happens. I don't think they've been particularly impressive that, that 
I mean, their first game, I'm trying to look at that at game against Akron was rough. They really, they should have lost that game, honestly. They should have lost. But they should have lost, but survive in advance. Yeah, Akron just made a few more offensive errors, which led to a UCLA win. I, but at this point, like, I think you and I both agree. We, we're going to have to, we're going to both have to uh, buy peacock tails pretty soon and put it up, put it behind our backs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to support them. Yeah. If they make it to the elite eight somehow it'd be a, a real miracle. But I mean, I think John, we should, I mean, before we get out of here, maybe we could just generally hit on. We have an Austria pack. Sorry. I just, the amount of memes that I saw on, on Kentucky's Twitter page after St. Peter's beat them, just a lot of peacock memes. It, oh. I had to, it's I beautiful. had to say, I had to save, I had to save a lot of them. Like, I, I mean, it's March, it's madness. I'm going to, I I had to unleash some chaos on March when it comes to the peacocks. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, John, I think generally, if we're going to speak big picture about the big 12, I mean, they've done pretty well. They had a six and oh, first day for the men. I believe they had a five and oh, first day for the women too. I mean, to go 11 and oh, in those first couple of days, obviously mm-hmm. Baylor eventually lost to North Carolina, but you got three teams in the sweet 16, which is tied for the most with the ACC, you know, conference that is 16 teams compared to the 10. I think, Oh, I mean, if you could get a Texas tech, Houston, KU Final Four, pretty good representation. Iowa State. I'll take uh, Iowa State. Or Iowa State. You could do Iowa State. Yeah, you could do Iowa State. Uh, it's this kind. Con- I mean, you you have to you have to. I mean, just say it at this point. This is the best conference in college basketball. The amount of depth uh, from each of these teams. I mean, honestly, I mean, if you're looking at K State. You could probably argue K State could have maybe won a maybe won a conference or so uh, in in a different uh, if they were like in the uh, what's it, ACC this year, Pac twelve. I mean the Big Twelve is just absolutely loaded. And looking at the March Madness performances, uh, I, I I'd say probably Baylor they they should have. I mean they just went really cold in the second half. Uh, you you cannot go down by twenty five. And assume you're just going to get the easy way, and that's just not going to happen. But uh, a lot of these teams in the Big 12, they showed a lot of fight. Uh, fight. Uh, KU's been looking really hot, as much as I hate to admit it. Texas um, got the big win when a lot of people were picking Virginia Tech as the heavy favorite. Uh, Iowa State, I think Iowa State has got to be the one. I'm just. I don't know. Going uh, starting from two and twenty-two from last year, uh, that that's might be the biggest, bigger, uh, the quickest turnaround uh, for a for a pretty uh, proud Iowa State program. I, I think that's I think that's nothing more than a miracle for Iowa State. Um, Texas Tech, they're, they're continuing to gain some big wins under Mark Adams. That defense has just been feisty all around. Uh, and TCU, they, TCU is just one of the top teams uh, when competing against one uh, like a one seed. Like they just turn it on whenever it's a Kansas or a Texas Tech or, in this case, Arizona. Like they're 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 going to be here to fight. Like, and then you got Houston as well. This conference is going to be just a. It's going to be chaos when, when especially when Houston. Uh, comes into the conference here pretty soon, but uh, this this is this is a great conference. I and seeing a, a, seeing a lot of fans excited not only for that, 
But I think now for K-State's part, you, you, you kind of got driven yourself with Jerome Ting now coming in as your head coach. It, it's, starting to, it's starting to look a lot more exciting. It's March. It's it madness. Is madness. That's right. And with that, I think that's a good place but, to leave but, it off. What, who, who's your final four? Oh, my final four? Man, okay. I guess I got to give my final four. I mean, I'm still picking Arizona. Um, I guess I'll pick Iowa State out of spite. Um, I guess I got to stick with my UCLA Bruins because for some reason I'm attached to them now. Um, because I picked them in the final four in my other bracket. Like your grandpa? Yeah, he's a he's a UCLA fan. Um, Did he go to UCLA? Uh, no, he, he, well, he, he lived in, he lived in California. Well, he oh, still okay. lived in California, but, uh, he did get some notice from the likes of UCLA and USC. And he's like, am I good enough to play football? Uh, they said, yeah. And he said, that's great because I'm going to go to Sterling college uh, <laughs> down in Kansas. Oh, um, that's funny. He's, a, he's a big UCLA fan. Uh, if he, if he's happy to see his Bruins win, I guess I'll be happy just for his sakes. Okay. One well, one. He- well, wait, one thing I did notice as well. If you have Gonzaga and Miami playing in the national championship, forget about Catholic versus convicts. This is going to be Spokane versus cocaine. <laughs> that, that, well, it needs to happen now. Spokane yeah. versus cocaine. That's, that's a great way to end the show. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. Anyway, for the West region, the West region is tough. Like Gonzaga, Arkansas, Texas Tech, Duke, those are all Final Four caliber teams. But when you're, when you're looking at Kansas's region, you're like, what, what, what is just, it? Just face palm, instant face it's palm. A massive face. I'll palm. just stick the with N- my bracket and go Gonzaga. The NCAA tournament committee should be ashamed yeah. of themselves after yeah. after after what after what has inspired through. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Auburn and Wisconsin kind of blew it, but they weren't that great at two and three seed compared to the other ones anyway. I had Wisconsin oh. for Final Four also. Yeah. That that was just devastating as well. They almost lost to Colgate as well. I mean, I don't know. Brutal. It's brutal. I, don't know. I mean, you'll you'll get the best of teams when well, with the likes of Colgate and St. Peter's for all that matters. Uh, you just got to be on your A game. And we've seen in the past, but the likes of Kentucky, Virginia, even K-State, you not have you'll not have your best day, and that's when mid majors will come at you like a thief in the night. Meanwhile, the common meanwhile a team like K State would be just stuck uh, looking for help, crying in the corner or something like that. You know, I think that's a great place to uh, to leave. I'm off, sorry, John. man. I'm just, I'm just driving to. I'm just driving everywhere. Tonight. No, it's it's all good. I mean, we're recording this on a Monday night. It's past my bed. It's 9 17 p.m. So I think what we should a, get out of here. I went to bed really early last night. I had to wake up early. I go to the gym in the morning, so I like I have to. It's it's kind of annoying, but like I, I make it work. Anyway, we're we're getting. We should we should really get out of here, son. We've been talking for a while. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at shakenblake 312 Take round three of trivia that just came out on sportful.com. I uh, just look up K State uh, sports trivia round one, two, or three. You can take any of those quizzes. And have fun with that. Let us know how you did. Uh, we'll be back on Friday for a live show, John. Um, yeah, and until then. Cats by 90. Cats by 90. Are you okay? Are you okay?
Uh, here we go. Uh, tang gang, tang gang, baby. 